0: to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Jacob McMillan. He's a freelance copywriter who helps people use writing to build their careers and businesses. But beyond that, he's been featured in HubSpot, Success, Consulting.com, Excel, and many, many other publications. Not only that, he owns the number one spot for a highly coveted keyword called copywriting.com or cop, not copywriting.com just copywriting which is insanely competitive as you can imagine in in the uh market that we're in today so welcome to the show Jacob thanks for having me yeah Great thank to you be here. pretty cool you're on the west coast i'm on the east coast and you know we had we had a good conversation beforehand and just to kind of you know Tease the audience a little bit about what we're going to talk about today, but we're going to talk about how Jacob outranks nine-figure businesses in Google search on a shoestring budget and how you could do the exact same thing. Okay. So this is all about copywriting and SEO. So if either one of those things are of interest, pay attention, take some notes. Jacob's an expert in it. He's done extremely well. We're going to talk a little bit about his backstory. Why don't you give us a quick backstory, take a minute or two, and then we'll dive into the dive into the how-to.
1: Yeah, so uh I uh graduated with an accounting degree of all things. Only only thing I knew was I did not want to go into accounting at that point. Kind of stumbled my way into the world of online business, and there was just a lot that intrigued me about it. And within the first year I'd kind of come across this idea of copywriting, and it was sort of everything I loved about sales minus everything I hated about sales, and was like, hey, I think this is the career for me. So I started, you know, learning copywriting, freelancing. And then I kind of started to get into SEO and realized I could use SEO to attract clients for my copywriting business. And so I started spending some more time there. And, you know, here I am nine years later, and kind of after, you know, doing it for myself, doing it for clients, then I started building side businesses using those same skills. And it's been a, it's been a fun ride.
0: So your primary business is freelance copywriting. So you write for other people, right? So they hire you to write blog content and copywriting type content for whether that be for sales letters or funnels or whatever the case may be. So you focus in on the copywriting side.
1: Yeah. I, I did for about eight years. Over the last year, some of my the other businesses have started overtaking that. And so I do less and less of that now, but that's that's been the journey for the last nine years.
0: So in our earlier conversation, you mentioned a course that you had created. Is that around copywriting?
1: Yep. Yeah. A course on, on it's kind of a combination of copywriting and sales, uh, helping sort of service providers build, you know, build highly lucrative businesses.
0: What's the name of the course?
1: Uh, it's called the Internet's Best Copywriting Course.
0: Oh, cool. All right. And awesome. you can
1: actually, you can actually Google copywriting course and that's the number one spot.
0: <laughs> nice. Okay. Awesome. Well, that would make sense, right? Because that's your, that's your superpower, right? Which is copywriting SEO. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So you know, let's talk for a minute about that copywriting keyword that you rank very highly for. I think number one, number two, depending on your geography. How long did it take you to get that ranking? From day one of starting to put content out there specific to that niche, how long did it take you to get that article to rank?
1: That was um, so, so to get the number one spot, it took about a year. And uh, how long did it take I, you to get on the first page? About, I want to say it, I'm trying to remember, it was either three months or six months. I think it was three months to get on the front page. And then, yeah, because I, I was calling the shots. The funny thing is, when I published it, I said in the article, this, this will take me about three months to get on the front page. And it was like just poking in at like 10 or nine in three months. And then I was like, I think it's going to take me another three months to get up into the top three. And there was kind of another three months to get there. You sort of just over the years, you start to kind of be able to anticipate, you know, based on competition and how, how long this stuff will take. And then it took me took me another six months from there to like solidify the number one spot because there were there were some pretty heavy hitters that I was up against, you know, even though I would say the, the copywriting niche in particular isn't as competitive as others I've worked in. It's still, you know, you're still going against a lot of big players.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so if you're listening to this episode and your business has any sort of traffic coming from Google or your competitors have traffic coming from Google and you think that SEO is an opportunity for you, pay close attention because we're going to walk you through a quick framework, okay? And of course, we've got a limited amount of time, but you know, Jake's a, an expert in this. You can always check out his website. I think what is it? jacobmcmillan.com. Yep. So you can always check out his website. He's got tons of free content there you guys can check out about, about copywriting and all that. But we're going to walk through a framework on how he was able to do this for himself to rank on these keywords, as well as build you know this side business, this course business, which is becoming very lucrative. I think you said you've grown that to over 20 or 25,000 a month in course sales all through SEO, right? No paid ads, yeah. just SEO.
1: Yeah, purely SEO and about I think it's been 18, 15 to eighteen months now since I, I I started that kind of that side business. And it's up to about twenty five K per month now.
0: Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, help us unpack that framework of how to uh, outrank nine figure businesses on a shoestring budget using copywriting. So I'm looking forward to you unpacking that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, this this is this sort of thing. When I when I first kind of really started going to head head to head with some of these bigger companies, I was working with a small conversion rate optimization agency and we had some just absolute publishing giants in the business there were you know 100 million dollar brands that were trying to get these rankings around some of these you know software terms and things of that nature and so for me i was just kind of looking at it going okay how how do we compete with this stuff and 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 one of the things i realized you know kind of right off the bat is that just because people had big budgets didn't mean they had the best content And so, you know, so for me, it was kind of, it's kind of always been about how can I genuinely create the best content online? And I think a lot of people get into the trap of thinking if they want to make the best content, it needs to come from them personally, but it doesn't, you know, you are able to pull in whatever resources you need and can go after into doing that. So, so for me, kind of to, to break it down into a framework, it starts with understanding the search demand. I see a lot of people who will blog for two, three years without ever actually understanding, you know, keyword research or what people are, you know, searching for. And it's not that you can't pick up traffic that way. But for me, very intentionally targeting search demand is how you really grow traffic and by extension sales quickly. So the two ways to do that is either just do the work to learn, you know, keyword research. I think it's probably the single hardest skill in SEO. Uh, Bring someone in to create a content strategy for you who knows keyword research. You know, that's something you can pay someone one time for and it can give you a strategy you can execute for, you know, a year, two, three years. Or if you have a really successful competitor in your space who is mostly doing it through SEO, literally just scope out, you know, use a tool like ARES or SEMRush to just scope out, you know, what search terms they're getting all their traffic from. And then just use that as your content strategy. I mean, that's, they have basically validated a content strategy for you and, and they've shown you what search demand is and you can just tackle that. So that's kind of, you know, step one, finding that search demand. Step two is I think where most people fail. And that is in finding the core substance that is going to make your content better than everything that's out there. We were talking before, you know, uh, before we, before this episode about how, you know, thousands of podcasts published every day, you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of, uh, of blog posts, videos, everything, you know, content creation is, has never been more saturated. And so, you know, if you really genuinely do want to make a dent in this market, like you do have to have something of substance of even unique substance to bring to the table. And so for me, when we talk about SEO, that's the first thing I'm thinking about. I'm looking at, I'm like I'm, I'm I'm taking the search demand I want to target you know for any given piece of content the keyword and I look at the I look at the front page I look through every single post and I break down what each of the posts contain and where the gaps are like what's something that one piece of content's doing really well but the other you know the other content isn't doing or what's something that you know the post down at you know number ten has that the posts at number one two and three don't have you know and just looking for. Where are the gaps? You know, and and sometimes, you know, there's a lot of angles you can take here. Sometimes you can bring in unique first-person 1st experience. If you don't have that, you can pull in other experts who do. Sometimes it's just very, you know, certain types of content are very linear and and revolve around one person's experience. So you can bring in multiple experiences. Sometimes it's it's all, it's just all written content. So you can add in multimedia, you know, um, there's just lots of things you can do. To find additional substance that's not already out there, so that's kind of the second thing I'm looking for is where's that unique that unique value that we can bring in to create something better. And then the third step before is we move be, on. Before we move yeah, on, yeah.
0: let me just clarify something really quick, and I just kind of want to point this out. What I see a lot of people doing when it comes to SEO is, you know, is the, that that. Skyscraper type technique, right? Where they'll go out, they'll find one, one of the top ranked posts for the keyword they're looking for. And then I think the mistake, the difference between what you do and what a lot of people do is that all they do is if it's seven tips to do X or seven strategies for X, whatever it is, all they'll do is they'll, they'll say, they'll put together a post that has 10 or 12 or 15, right? Yeah. And You know, they'll reuse, you know, the seven, probably the seven that somebody else had, and they'll add a few more to it, which, I mean, there's some value there because you're offering more than the other person who's already ranking. But it sounds to me like yours is a little bit different, right? In that, you know, it takes more effort, it takes more research, it takes more time and energy to actually find what you call that core substance, right? The thing that kind of differentiates you a little bit. Yeah. And so I think, This is like you said. One of the where most people fall down is they don't spend enough time doing that. Whether they don't know how, or they're just lazy, or they just whatever the case may be, they just don't spend enough time there. Do you agree? I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Hundred percent agree.
0: I think kind
1: of if your north star on content is genuinely creating the most helpful piece possible, it's not necessarily about length. You know, a lot of people just they add an extra thousand words and say. I skyscrapered it, you know, and then kind of like the joke, why why am I not beating Neil Patel now? You know, and it's kind of one of those things where like longer doesn't mean better. Longer doesn't mean more helpful. How many times have we started reading through a 5,000 word blog post and bailed because like it wasn't good, you know, it wasn't genuinely helpful. Exactly. And so a lot of people misinterpret a better resource for a longer resource. And it absolutely is not that. And I, I think being willing to invest the time to genuinely create something special is kind of what you have to do in a lot of cases to get these really difficult terms. I have a post that ranks number one for website copywriting, and I probably, I probably spent between 60 to 80 hours of work on that one piece. And I think in, in a lot of cases, that's kind of what you have to do if, if you want to get some of these rankings that are going to bring thousands of visitors to your site month, month after month after month.
0: Yeah. Now you're not going to do this for a keyword that only has the potential to generate hundreds of clicks to your site, right? You were doing these for typically higher volume type keywords. I mean, you're not going to put that type of effort into something that's going to give you a very small return, but but something like copywriting, what does something like copywriting get in regards to searching queries per month? I mean, how many searching queries per month do you think something like copywriting gets?
1: Yeah. So the one the one I'm ranking number one for is actually copywriter, which is slightly... different. Copywriter. Okay. Yeah. But it, I mean, so the crazy thing is, I don't actually know for sure how much I get solely from that keyword. Because one of the things you find when you rank for these really high level keywords is you end up pulling in like 3000 keywords. Like if you look at that in the tool, that post is ranking for, you know, like 3000 keywords, many of which obviously don't bring in a lot of traffic. But but it's, it's substantial. Like I get, you know, over 10,000 visitors per month from that one post, you know, which drives a substantial portion of my business. And, you know, and, and even if I were to drop a bit for that specific keyword, that post is still ranking for another 3,000 keywords, you know, uh, that are all bringing in a decent amount of traffic as well.
0: Right. So that effort that you put in to rank for copywriter generates 10,000, you know, you know, viewers per month to your blog, which in turn converts into a lot of freelance, converts into a lot of course sales. So, I mean, the investment yep. in that time is more than worth it if you've identified the right keywords, the right demand, which was step number one. Okay. So I won't interrupt you. Step number one was find the demand. Step number two was was find the core substance. Step number three.
1: So in kind of, you know, once you have the core elements that are going to make it a better post, I treat it, you know, and this isn't going to apply to every single keyword, but a lot of the really, you know, a lot of online search demand is about how to, it's about instruction. It's about learning something. And so anytime you're in that context, I treat my blog posts as like complete lesson plans. Like I'm, you know, when I go to outline out what that post is going to be like, I'm thinking about being, you know, if, if I was sitting down with a bunch of people who are searching for this. What am I going to walk them through, not just in terms of the core pieces that will make the content special, but also just, you know, like granularly, A, B, C, D, E, F, taking someone from an initial point in their thinking to a understanding. And so that that involves creating context that involves, you know, adding in examples, anticipating questions that are going to be asked. And I think I pull a lot from my actual copywriting experience here because when you're creating a sales page, you know you're, you're doing a lot of the same thing. You're anticipating, hey, what are people going to be thinking? You know, just like you when you, if you were sitting down in a in a sales conversation, what what would be the objections? What would be the questions? And you try to anticipate those and answer those. And I do the same thing with content. You know, I'm looking to think through how are people going to respond to this, and how can I help move continue the journey? And what this results in is. I have an incredibly long average time on page. Most of my articles have an average time on page of six to seven minutes, which, you know, if you're familiar with those metrics is two to three times higher than the average. And so that's kind of a huge thing. I, I know a lot of people in the SEO world would argue that's not a ranking factor. I think it's a huge ranking factor. I think it's one of the reasons I've been able to beat some of these nine figure businesses at their own game because, you know, people come in and they see kind of more of a half branded piece of content on this, you know, hundred million dollar businesses blog and they bounce and then they come over to, you know, a client of mine's blog and it's this very deep instructional dive that keeps them reading. And it just, it results in, in the higher ranking. So that's kind of, I think, you know, if you can combine, you know, number two, finding the core bits of substance that'll add more value and then translating that into a very intentional reader journey. That's kind of where a lot of a lot of the magic happens uh, when it comes to rankings.
0: Yeah. I think the time on page, I agree with you because if I know anything about Google, I know for them, it's all about user experience, right? And bounce rate, we all know is going to be a part of that equation. And time on page is kind of a related function of that, right? Yeah. If someone hits your page and immediately bounces off, it sends a wrong signal. If somebody lands on your page and, and only spends 30 seconds on there, it sends the wrong signal compared to five or six or seven minutes. So I have a tendency to agree with you, but and of course Google's never going to tell us; they'll never let us know. That's part of the game they play, and that we everybody has to play if they want to rank. But I think that makes a, a lot of sense in regard, and because I've looked at some of your content, I've looked at some of your articles, I've looked at the things that are ranking, and I see that lesson plan outline so that it flows very sequentially on how somebody would actually think about the topic. So it brings them from point A of why they went there to point B, which is what the next question, next natural question is going to be, to point C, which is going to be the next natural question from there, which keeps them engaged and keeps them reading down the page. So I don't want people to, you know, skim over that part. That's something that you could easily miss and that probably could take you hundreds of hours and hundreds of articles of make doing it the wrong way, as opposed to leveraging that strategy. So I appreciate that. What's step number four? What's the fourth pillar?
1: Yeah. So The last sort of bit to kind of creating these, you know, specific pieces of content would be like, let yourself have multiple drafts and be willing to evolve the piece as you get new ideas. I think like one of the things you deal with is obviously you have a set budget a lot of the times. And that's why I I actually, a lot of times I find that like kind of smaller, smaller businesses and, and even solopreneurs tend to like make bigger strides in this sometimes because they're willing to invest more of their, you know, they're not necessarily chalking their own salary on on content creation, they're just doing it. And so when you let yourself, when you're willing to evolve over like one or two drafts to pull in additional things that you didn't think about at the beginning, it can substantially increase the value and performance of the post. A lot of my best content ideas and, the, you know, the things I've done to create my most successful pieces, I didn't necessarily think about them in the outline they came while i was going through the first draft or reviewing in the second draft and all of a sudden i had the thought like hey if we were to go do this you know if i were to go pull in this extra piece it would really take this thing to the next level and then being willing to just go do that and kind of eat the cost of doing it kind of in the end results in just a, a much higher level of pieces of content across the board and again you know if, if you're trying to compete for these nationally competitive thousands of searches per month you know, stuff that's going to bring in five, maybe even six figures of, of income to your business per year. Like you kind of have to be willing to go that next step when, you know, when the idea
0: arrives. Yeah. I love it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, listen, you know, Jacob, is there anything else you want to add? Is there any other tips or suggestions or thoughts you want to add about this whole concept of leveraging copywriting to outrank much larger competitors on SEO, Google, Google with SEO?
1: I think there's a tendency for a lot of people to just assume that the, the market's saturated when it comes to SEO and not be willing to engage. And I just like, so I just would encourage people who if you feel like SEO is, is a potential, you know, to build your businesses, you look a lot, a lot of the businesses that have really exploded over the last decade. A lot of them really drove a, a ton of their business through SEO. And it's one of those things, Google keeps adjusting its algorithm to favor specificity. And so I see a lot of new players. I am one of them, you know, the, the business that I built over the last 15, 18 months, like I came into a space that had a lot of people competing for these terms and I was able to beat a lot of them and, you know, a lot of really competitive terms. The businesses I worked with before, it was the same story. So it's like, I would say if you're, if you're willing to really take that view of, I want to create the best content in a certain niche or silo, like, the opportunity is there. Go for it. Like a lot of the, of the big brands that used to rank for this stuff that rank for all these, you know, niches, they're starting to lose their rankings. Like the broad businesses are progressively getting hammered by Google's adjusting algorithm and the really specific, you know, niche players are really starting to shine and capture a lot of this search demand. So, so I would encourage you if, if in the past you've thought, Hey, SEO would really change my business. Great content would really change my business, but I just don't think I compete with the can compete with the bigger players, take a second look. You know, Even if it's just hopping in and seeing who's ranking in your niche right now, I think you'll find that it's kind of, we're seeing almost a little bit more of a democratization across niche brands over the last year or two in particular.
0: Yeah. And if you're like me who really enjoys podcasting, but doesn't really enjoy writing, there's a whole slew of freelancers out there that'll write for you, right? They'll do the work for you. That's where Jacob started and now he's helping to teach and train those people the things that he's done to become successful and help his clients successful. So, two rapid fire questions, and then we'll wrap it up for today, Jacob. What's your favorite growth tool or software or app or something that you use? Some sort of tool that you use to help grow your business. What would that be if you had to pick one?
1: So, I I love the Ahrefs SEO tool. I think uh, you know it's it's priced at a place that it's not something you can just play around with, unfortunately. But it's it's a phenomenal tool, and if you're if you're doing content marketing or SEO, I'd highly recommend it.
0: Love it. And what would be one book, maybe something that you've read to help you along in your journey, or you think might help them on theirs?
1: So I think I think Made to Stick is. I mean, it's kind of most people are part of it. It's probably it's a classic. But I think just in terms of core messaging, as uh, by Chip and Dan Heath, to me, a lot of it's so easy in marketing and entrepreneurship to lose. You know, lose the forest for the trees, and like it, to me, that book does a great job of really helping you narrow your focus in on what matters and what the really the core goal of marketing and the core goal of communication and messaging are all about.
0: Perfect. Well, listen, we'll make sure we have those links in the show notes. Why don't you let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about what you got going on, and then we'll wrap it up for today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I do a weekly uh, podcast series called Right Bites. It's 10-minute chats on writing, marketing, and freelancing. And then if you head over to my site, jacobmcmillan.com, I have over 176,000 words of free blog content and training on copywriting and marketing and freelancing. So I would love to connect you there.
0: Love it. Perfect. We'll make sure, again, we put those links in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Congrats on all your success. And I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Dennis.